You've heard the saying, goes the body, so goes the mind. But that's only part of it. Really, the idiom should be, goes the body, so goes your life. average CEO reads 60 books per year, and many attribute their success to this habit of constant learning. This is the difference between those who actualize and those who fail. This automization of their learning, this 1% better every day. On the MentorBox podcast, we're making it easy for you to build and maintain that same habit, the same type of constant lifelong learning as those CEOs, simply by listening to this podcast. Make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen and tune in for new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and every Friday. And if you want to dig deeper into what our incredible guests teach, make sure to go to mentorbox.com and become a member today. Hello and welcome to this edition of MentorBox. I'm your host, Jonathan Kendall, and today I'll be talking about the importance of health, though since you already know this, because health is your body, is your mind, is your life, and since also every specific aspect of health, like for example, diet, meditation, drugs, aerobic and anaerobic exercise, weight, aesthetics, breathing, stress, sex, etc., each of these have their own specific optimization channels. And the farther you go down the rabbit hole of each of them, the more and more you'll learn. I'll leave the Uber specifics for separate lessons. There are write-ups and research on optimizing food intake for short-length, high-altitude triathlons. There are classes on tantric couples meditation. There are surgeons who only work on the toes. Your body is a fractal, and that's great. But... Let's get serious. Your body, regardless of the details of each individual part as a whole, is no different than any other part of your life. If you want to optimize your body's performance, if you want your body to work successfully, then you need to first change your mindset about it. And this goes for you ultra marathon runners or Olympic athletes just as much as it goes for those of you who have struggled with your health, energy, strength, or weight since you can remember remembering. The tools are the same. The problems burn from both ends. Therefore, the need for this mindset shift is pervasive. And I promise you, deeply necessary. Because unless you understand how to think about your body, how to frame it within the confines of the rest of your identity, you will continuously self-sabotage, which ultimately will lead you to a shorter and less exciting life, literal and psychological pain, self-esteem issues, a lack of love in your life, loneliness, depression, self-doubt, excessive worry, and suboptimal professional performance, which leads to less money, less freedom, less safety, and on and on and on. You've heard the saying, goes the body, so goes the mind. But that's only part of it. Really, the idiom should be, goes the body, so goes your life. Tony Robbins, when asked what the most important thing an individual can do to improve their life, if they could only do one thing, he famously responded, exercise. So too, Pulitzer Prize winner Charles Duhigg agrees. The most important habit, the meta habit that can improve every other habit, he says, is exercise. 
Now, granted, exercise is not the end-all, be-all of health, but it's the best start. And the reason is, again, because goes the body, so goes your life. So with that out of the way, let's get a little deep, shall we? By now, you should expect this from me. Down, 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 down we go. All the way down to a question like, what is the point of our lives? Basically, we want to increase pleasure and decrease pain. More accomplished desire less doubt and worry. But how do we do that? And not just for the short term, but how do we optimize for pleasure over the larger course of our lives and decrease pain also over the long haul of our existence? Well, there are many theories, though most of them have something to do with a combination of personal satisfaction, let's call it experience or even Epicurean divulgences at times, and its corollary, altruistic meaning, which translated into plain English, that means that we humans take pleasure in obvious hedonistic pleasures like food, sex, dancing, esteem, warmth, massage, and accomplishment, but we also find pleasure in giving to others, being important for someone else, living with honor, giving back, teaching, that our world is better for us having been here. And with regards to eliminating pain, the obvious is not being sick, or not being actually in physical pain, no one wants that. Anytime you've ever been sick, you already know this. It takes over everything else. All your worries about work or some social whatever falls away in comparison to a migraine. Pain is all-encompassing in this way. It vetoes emotional pain. Yes, it's powerful. But also, we don't want to be in emotional pain either. I know that that was a lot, and you're probably wondering how in the hell Any of this has to do with your body, but just stick with me and I'll bring it back full circle, I promise. In short, here's what we've learned. To live a healthy, happy life, we need to, one, give ourselves pleasure. Two, do well for the world. And three, eliminate physical and emotional pain, right? Four variables, basically, to consider. Optimize for pleasure and meaning and eliminate physical and emotional pain. Plain and simple. And then when perfected, we're golden. So that's nice. Makes things easier. At least we have a mountain to climb now, right? At least we have an X marks the spot goal. But of course, there are a million different ways to go about this, right? Even the stereotypical Epicureans, those Greek philosophers who came after the Stoics, those who are now synonymous with pleasure, weren't as one-sided as you may think. They weren't drinking wine and having orgies all the time. Quite the opposite, in fact, because they knew that a hangover induced pain in the future, and complicated communal relationships were also painful. Jealousy, tension, anxiety. Not good. So instead, they spent most of their days sipping tiny amounts of diluted wine, exercising, talking about the great questions of their day, playing, and eating healthy foods. Interesting. Not exactly what you might expect. And that, my friends, is the magic clue for how we must view our bodies. Not as afterthoughts, but as the only thing. Because, in fact, they are the real thing. For example, have you ever had a panic attack? I have. I've had a few, in fact. Good old stoic me. You can control anything in your life so long as you have the right mental tool to deal with it, Jonathan. Yes, I've had my fair share. 
And I don't know about yours, but mine are terrifying. And the reason is because you become immediately and sharply aware of your own bodily systems. You are aware of the fact that your heart is beating and that if it stops, you stop. You start counting your breaths, the shortness, the difficulty in bringing in the air. What is air? Why do we need it? What happens if the machine stops working? What if I can't get in enough air? I can't breathe. Oh, wait, I feel a little tingle in my arms. Is that a heart attack? Am I having a heart attack? I remember one time coming home from my work to my fiance laying outside in the cold in our backyard in the fetal position, shivering to all high hell. What's wrong? Why are you out here? Are you okay? No response. She was half asleep, half delirious, breathing in rapid short bursts. I was terrified. She had, been, had already gone through the panic and the worry, and in fact, at that point, was in a state of strange serenity. I thought I was going to die, she later told me. So I just sort of accepted it. I went outside because I wanted to feel the air in the sky, which says a lot in itself about her, about humanity, about everything. But more specific to this conversation, she had a panic attack so strong that she couldn't breathe. We discussed it later, definitely stress-induced, as they mostly are. But the point, the larger point, in these types of moments, or in a car crash, or in the lump in your throat just before taking off in an airplane, or while standing on the edge of a cliff, or if you've ever had an uncomfortable trip on a hallucinogenic drug, for example, they all point to one thing. We are vulnerable. Our bodies, penetrable. And that's okay. It's not worth obsessing over, but it is worth noticing. Because when an object is susceptible and delicate, it's precious. It's worth more. Our bodies then aren't some afterthought. They are literally who we are. They are our window out into the world. They are how we perceive pleasure and pain. They are how we live, how we thrive but they are also the means to our eventual end. And so we'll get into further details in future lessons, the hows and the whats for diet, exercise, mental and physical health, what to avoid and what to do, how to optimize for the longest and best life possible. But none of that knowledge will matter. None of it will sink in unless you change your mindset about what your body is, that how you treat it is how you treat yourself, that how you view it is how you view yourself. That if you are grateful for it and treat it well, you will be grateful and the world will treat you well. That your body is vulnerable, that you are vulnerable. Take care of yourself by taking care of your body. Know that it matters because you matter. That's all for now. Until next lesson, cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the MentorBox podcast. If you want to learn more about what our authors as well as all of our authors teach, make sure to sign up at MentorBox.com. And if you like the MentorBox podcast, please leave us a positive rating and review in Apple Podcasts as that helps us get discovered by more people who will enjoy and be helped by what we do over here at MentorBox. Also, if you think of anyone who would enjoy or be helped by what we do here at MentorBox, be sure to let them know. 
We do what we do at MentorBox to try to make the world a better place through the incredible education our authors bring. And we can only do that through your help. So please help us spread the word. Again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you in the next MentorBox podcast.